Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. We're back after a couple weeks off with a special announcement. I'm going to let you lead things off. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, he was talking to me. I'm the special <laughs> announcement, Zach. Get out of here. He almost said special guest because that's how like out of it I've been. He didn't even want to say host. Who are you talking who right this? now? Oh, how did hey you guys. get on this podcast? I'm the th- I'm the third amigo that needed to be in this podcast to make this the three amigo podcast. It's Cody, guys. Come on, they know who it still is. Just because I haven't been talking Welcome back. Welcome the minute back, I started Cody. talking, obviously that was Cody. I'm your host Evan, and I'm your other host Zach. Fantastic, and and Cody, welcome back. This is uh, this is exciting. The people have been demanding it. On a scale from one to ten, thank you, people that have been demanding it. On a scale from one to ten, What's Zach, <laughs> how much have you missed me? Um, no, I, I said no. I don't your know name if the Zach? one to ten scale captures how much we've missed you. You know, is ten missing me or is like not missing me? It's hard. How to are we say. doing this? I'm just off the scale. It really is. I, I know Zach has missed you a lot. I would I would put it at like a solid 8.32. Oh wow. Well, that's a lot of numbers, Zach. You could just Yeah, it's there's a I mean there's a lot of factors to consider. On a letterbox roundup, how much have you missed <laughs> being on the show, Cody? On a letterbox roundup? It is it there's not even stars to put into words to put into numbers. <laughs> it's portrait of a lady on fire flames. <laughs> Well, I missed you guys. Yeah, we missed, missed all you of you. We missed your charm and your wit. Nobody's been able to say bye quite the same way or, um, you know, Wait, provide... I could just, just say bye now and be done with this. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Do I wouldn't do it over. All right. But we do have a pretty jam packed show. Uh, obviously, yeah, what, what's not... today? What day is it, Evan? Oh, look at look at you right in, in form uh, today as we record is Thursday, July 14th. Uh, so this is exciting. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be talking about Elvis. Um, but before that, Cody, what is the movie we have all seen and that we will talk about? Thor, Love and Thunder. You like that? That was pretty Thor-like, huh? No? I didn't drop the hammer. <laughs> I, I think I dropped the hammer there. Dropped the ball. Whatever. Awesome. Um, and then in between, we're going to be catching you up on uh, some movies that you missed while you were gone, Cody. So yeah, I'm calling that the time capsule segment. Have you got you guys haven't even played games while I'm gone? I'm so disappointed. The game master has not been no. here, so we expect big things from you in the future. OK, I can do that. All right. Well, with that, you guys ready to dive in? Let's do it. I'm glad we still have that segue. These hands were once used for battle. Now they're but humble tools for peace. I need to figure out exactly who I am. All right, boys, uh, we are starting off today with a movie that all three of us have seen. Uh, That is the latest entry into the MCU, technically, I guess. The latest movie entry into the MCU, Thor, Love and Thunder. Cody? Take it away. What is Thor, Love and Thunder? Wow, we really don't miss a beat. I come back and you just throw me throw me like that into the review. Yeah, I think but you're on the double pot description duty today. I mean, he always will be, I think. He's Wait, I have a question. There's something else, at MCU, that came out after Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm not trying to avoid it. Uh, technically, Miss Marvel ended uh, after, yeah, after Thor released. 
Okay, anyways, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder is a love triangle between a hammer, an axe, and a man named Thor. Technically, he's not a man. Am I technically wrong, though? He's a god. No, he's a man. I'm pretty sure that he's a man. He's an alien. (laughs) Yeah, that's... What? What does that have to do with anything? He could be an alien man. All right, Thor. Okay. Okay. Is my plot <laughs> really that far off? It's a love I, triangle. I'm I'm glad you went And then back. Natalie Portman the gets uh, you're right. Screaming goats, Natalie Portman, Zeus, and at the very end, Hercules. Spoiler alert! Boom. There's everybody you need to know. Yeah, watch out for spoilers. We have our guest audience of one, Evan here, who has not oh. yet seen Thor. So Oh, our guest audience is back. Yes, exactly. Has he always a, been there? A staple. He has. Uh, anyway, so uh, why don't we just go round table here? Um, Zach, what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? I'm a little Wait, hold lost on. I... What's my plot description? Is that an A? Is it a B? Is it a C? A D? You know what? A for effort in your first try back, Cody. <laughs> I don't see why I'm wrong. Right, I'm gonna, I'll if be honest with you. That was a fucking F. <laughs> <laughs> Was just, you know, he just, just, he just got back. We yeah, had to build his spirits up. You're just bit. rambling there. I mean, I wasn't rambling. What? I gave you a very short, sweet plot description. One sentence synopsis. I, okay, actually, yeah, you're right. If if the you know one sentence plot description is it's a love triangle between two uh, weapons and a, and a guy. Sure, I'm still giving you enough, but <laughs> you fine. you got me there, buddy. Um, <clears throat> Let's see, Thor, Love, and Thunder, uh, straight out of my review, I think just a bit too irreverent for my taste. Um, yeah. Especially the first half is very uh, jokey in a way that is like they couldn't care less, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, there's still some fun moments and some fun jokes that I like laughed at. Uh, and Jane Foster Thor is fucking cool. But yeah, I think... It's like Ragnarok dialed up to eleven right. in the most corporate studio way, which I didn't. I didn't enjoy. Um, I think the back half is a little bit stronger. I liked. I liked Gore. Um, oh, I had some problems with Gore, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not perfect, but I did like Christian Bale's performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked where it leaves Thor off overall, even if I didn't like everything about how he got there. Sure. How about you, Cody? Dude, I'm gonna be honest. Not only am I lost in movies this year, I'm lost in the whole MCU of it all with like where they just like picked up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and all the stuff in the beginning. Obviously, you did get Christian Bale, like Gore. Like I did like like the very first five minutes because I like I liked how I guess they got to him being like a villain necessarily. Like I thought he did like a really good job. And then it does go into this Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, this montage of like Thor from dad bod to rad bod and all this kind of stuff. And, and like that, uh, Zach God said bod. the first Get God right. bod. Oh my God. See, see what I did there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the classic Cody. Such way. wit. <laughs> We've missed it. But uh, I think Zach's right. In the first half of the movie, I was literally no joke like what the fuck is this like this i i don't get it It, it's very not confusing but i mean it is kind of confusing for me because it's like there's so much marvel stuff going on and it's like if you're not caught up necessarily with the tv shows like i just already mentioned that like there's so much to keep up with and then they throw so many characters out here and it's just it i just it's so hard to follow in that nature but in in regards to thor itself 
yeah there's definitely some moments that are just like okay it is like what the fuck but you can't help but like chuckle and it's all comedy and stuff and then like just just like that like at the flip of a switch they try to go super serious and and those aspects of the later half of the movie were all right but you went so funny for so long it's like how does that really how does that hit like you're not you didn't build anything up to like make me like care because this was a movie where I felt like you're not supposed to care. It's freeless. It's just carefree, a few jokes here and there, uh, you know, just crazy moments with like people they introduced, like, you know, at the King's hall and all that kind of stuff with like King bow and these stupid, annoying, whatever they were like, just screaming. You're just like, what, what is this kind of thing? And when you get to those moments where, you know, Thor is supposed to have this relationship, obviously. And, and and whatnot with natalie portman and all this kind of stuff when they, when it actually gets there when it actually gets serious um and trying to take that tone it's just like it it, it just doesn't hit it doesn't click for me because it's just like you made me laugh for over an hour and now in the last you know 30 40 minutes you want to like wrap this up with some sentimental stuff and and try and hit those notes with these characters and it's just you've already lost your opportunity in my opinion to do that so i don't know yeah, I think I agree with some of both of that. I would say that this movie is pretty tonally inconsistent. I'll start off by saying that I still had a good time watching it. I think that you watch the first two Thor movies and they're just like very dour and sullen. And like Chris Hemsworth is a funny guy, like he's a funny actor. And so I think since Taika Waititi's taken over, the movies have generally improved. I think Ragnarok felt like something really different at the time and maybe sort of running it back with that sort of over the top kind of excess didn't land quite as well this time, but especially I think it's because like the tone they were striking kind of like Cody was saying wildly different throughout the movie. I mean, you start off with this like guy in the desert who's, you know, what dying of thirst and then his daughter dies and then he kills a god and then you go to natalie portman has cancer and then you go to like thor and the guardians of the galaxy joking around doing a bit with like some aliens on some alien planet right like it is jumping around between style and tone pretty wildly throughout the whole thing which makes it sort of hard to find a footing and then like you said as it gets into the end it's just again i think it's all style without a whole lot of substance or anything i'm thinking of when they go to the what's the planet or the moon or whatever that gores on it's like the, the you mean the shadow realm the shadow realm they they go into completely um like monochrome filmmaking or um that was cool it's all it's all black and white which is cool but it's not like really in service of anything it's not they're not like telling the story in a different way because that of that cool. they're just like now we're in the shadow realm or the nether whatever i don't know and it's black and white and we're just doing that now and it just seems like a lot of decisions that are just all right we're gonna do this now and not any particular emotional or thematic reason to make those choices but still you know it's like it's chris hemsworth doing jokes and i I had an okay time with it can i disagree with you because that's the fun of this podcast sure me being here See, I, I actually like the get first off this fucking of- podcast. <laughs> I like the first Thor movie. Like you said, it progressively got better. And, you know, I think that goes I for all of say that. <laughs> you did. You said it got better. You're I like, think I the think the Taika Waititi better. movies are better than the uh, 
Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Hey man, I don't, I don't mind but, a good laugh, and, and Marvel's definitely gone that route for trying to get that laugh factor. And don't stuff, you like, dare disparage director of, of Belfast on his <laughs> podcast. <okay? laughs> I would but never. I like the development of like Thor himself. Like you know, there, there's you know, in this movie in particular, like where's the development of Thor? Like it feels like he backtracked. Like right? He oh, was, I don't know. I feel like he there was is like arrogant, Thor. but he was like arrogant, right? In like the first movie and stuff, and and it took him losing his powers to kind of come to grasp with like what it actually meant to to wield such power or whatever yeah, it is i kind think of the thing. first and there's that... a decent movie yeah. i will you agree with it... you. okay you just said it progressively got better and i don't know if no, i agree with that I, the thor of the dark world is one of the worst movies in the entire series and then uh, i just think ragnarok's really good in this movie's fine and enjoyable and probably on par a little better than the first thor nah this movie better than the first thor I think so i think get it's more fun here. than the first get out of here exactly i think it's more i think i think i think thor love and thunder versus thor one is more of like preference based yeah um honestly this movie feels like kevin feige locked taika waititi in a room yeah, like in a basement like, you, you went a little he too went, far buddy he went full like uh you know silence of the lambs on him and was like i need a joke every 10 seconds and you can't come out of this room until you a tight two hours yeah until you do it yeah yeah. and so yeah i don't know this one just feels a little bit scattered to me compared to to the question you need to answer which question question? the question is if evan is right or wrong in that the first thor was better than this one well that's what i mean you gotta 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 tip the scale man there's no 50 50 now on the podcast i feel like 66 33 scale coming in i don't know i feel like it's arguable you know the first the first thor is fine this one is also fine. I agree. Um, you know what you can't do, Zach? Because you're actually with Evan in person. You can't look him in the face and you can't say, Evan, you're wrong. You can, you can Cody's see me right, on screen right now. I know. And you're not looking at Evan just telling him <laughs> that, Evan, you're wrong. First Thor is better. Cody's right. Love of Thunder has its moments. But that's all you yeah. have to do, Zach. I don't know. I, you know, as I, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, Evan and I agree a lot, and this is just something you can toss on that pile. I prefer Taika Waititi's <laughs> yeah. direction I, of Thor I, over I, Kenneth Branagh. You know, that's actually Kenneth sad. Kenneth Branagh movies and a lot of the early MCU movies take themselves very seriously. And I think this character specifically is more fun when he's taken a little lighter. This character. Yes. Not all characters. I mean, I guess it's good to have some movies that take themselves seriously have a variety of things. And I think that, you know, the YTD experience with Thor is a little bit more entertaining. And I do think that Thor actually does have some genuine growth in this movie. Like, I think that his relationship with Jane Foster is one of the few things that's actually kind of explored to a logical endpoint of some sort. Like, I don't, I'm not saying it's like the deepest movie or like the deepest theme that can be explored in something, but like I think Jane Foster was the real villain, dude. I mean, the way she tore up that page, what? That, the that way is, she tore up okay, that page I from think, that man's book. I think we should definitely expand <laughs> on that one a little bit. <laughs> that, I'm like, just kidding. What? You... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, it's okay if you're not. I'm just. Um, I wonder how you reach that conclusion. I just like, told genuinely. you. I, I I genuinely she tore that man's book up that page to like prove a book it was just she wrote it yeah she wrote it that was his book 
he was bad. Okay, that's, that's how you, that's how villains start, bro. Well, let's let's use if that she as a segue to talk if about she didn't the get actual. The, if she didn't get the hammer, if she didn't get the hammer, <laughs> she would have got the dark sword. Now we could segue into the dark sword of Christian Bale and all that jazz. There's my sure, story. sure, sure. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Christian Bale because I think it was you, Cody, right? You brought up that, or did you both bring up? You liked. Uh, I like Gore. I like. Yeah, Gore. I did too. You like Gore the God Butcher. I, I, I like. Yeah, cool. I agree. Christian good. Bale's performance is interesting, but I don't know that he's well utilized in this movie because I think that that character specifically is set up to be sort of a Killmonger esque Marvel villain in the sense that you're like you kind of agree with him, but the methods are bad, or like he's being manipulated in this case by the sword yeah um but i think that they cast him in this as more of just like a pure enemy we should be on thor's side that this guy shouldn't be like taking out these gods who there's a whole scene in the middle of the movie that are just like yeah these guys just sit around and have orgies and celebrate themselves and don't do anything um and that's supposed to be a stand-in enough for us to sort of sympathize with him but the character himself is like not used in that way and i i just found it to be an underwhelming use of what should have been a pretty interesting through line and actually could have been something that got, you know, Thor thinking about like his place in the universe and like how he should be factoring into like these battles that he's a part of, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just felt he was like miscast or not the actor, but like the, the character itself was sort of misused. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> uh what do you think cody i, I want to want to say misuse cody said i think hashtag not all gods <laughs> not all gods i like i said because i i did like where his character came from like in that first five minutes because i like that you can sympathize with the reasoning behind it right like we have villains in the past and i'll just use thanos for an example because that's the one that comes to mind it's like he's kind of just there he has a reason for why he wants things to be the way they are and as much as you're like, oh, that's the bad guy, it, it makes you think. And, and I guess that does kind of tie into your point, Evan. It's just like the scene that really makes you think with this movie isn't necessarily the villain himself, but it's actually the scene with the gods when they're all goofing off, having, you know, talking about their group sex orgies and all this kind of stuff where it's like, okay, you're sympathizing more with Thor. And maybe that kind of ties in a little bit with the reasoning why you might sympathize, you know, with, with the villain in this movie. Um, so you're saying and- it's, it's not individuals, it's the system. It's like, I missed you guys. <laughs> I missed you guys, but go yeah. on, buddy. But yeah, it's, just, it's just, and it's also, it's like in these, in these movies now, and I will kind of tie into, I guess I did see Dr. Strange, even though it's not like on my letterbox right now. It's just, there's, there's props and stuff, right? In, in that movie, there was the book in this movie. There's like the sword. It's like, why are these villains having to have a prop to be bad? It's just like, like Evan's kind of, I think, driving, trying to drive home a point where it's just like the villain should just already have like what they think is good and make us question it that way and 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 go more into that than just randomly, okay, his daughter died. Here's a god that's just joking about it. And then all of a sudden it's just like, here's a dark sword. And like you kind of said, Evan, it's like, oh, is it the dark sword making him bad? Or is it like, you know, what is it? And it's like, you can't help but think that, but it's just like, what are his intentions? And, and there's just not enough deep thinking in that retrospect for that. And again, this movie's not really a deep thinking movie because they play it as a, you know, like 
Zach said too. It's just like to put Taiko Waititi in a room and they're like, all right, go even above and beyond what Ragnarok was and just go balls to the walls. So I don't know. I think they reined him in a little bit from it. I think that this movie just like reeks of sort of corporate strangling almost like we're talking about a, a movie that's just like got a very it's got a very clearly divine defined hero and clearly defined villain and they didn't seem to want anything difficult out of this movie mm. i mean i guess again i just think it's so weird to frame your entire superhero movie around the superhero's girlfriend having cancer like it's just such a weird bummer way to frame the movie which not exactly what we were talking about but it's the same thing with the villain it's just like oh yeah he is just like wrong and we should accept that he's wrong because the sword is guiding him the wrong way. Fine. So he's not a bad guy. You don't have to hate the guy, but you know, he is bad because he's killing these gods. Oh, but also the gods are bad, but he's bad. We need to fight the villain. And it's just to me, I don't know. I just, I found it a little dull. Yeah. I think you both make a good point. Um, Marvel's always kind of, consistently underdeveloped their villains mm-hmm. you brought up killmonger who's one of the best that we've gotten you know in the entire mcu and i think that uh gore's a, a good parallel for killmonger in what you know what killmonger could have been if he was mishandled mm-hmm. uh because yeah you're right i think that they should have underscored more um gore's reasons for like defecting you know for for right. renouncing his god I I do think that a generous reading of 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 the moment where he inherits the necrosword would be like you can't just uh what am I thinking like like he has to accept he has to accept it as well so like the right. necrosword is offering this you know this power to kill gods to him and then he has to embrace it it's not just like oh the sword fell into my hand and now I'm evil <laughs> like I think you know the sword called out to him and he accepted the sword at at that point but it's not you know, that's me thinking like this movie is a lot better if you think about it that way. Um, and I do, I do agree that uh, for at least, you know, again, coming back to the Killmonger parallel in Black Panther, Killmonger forces T'Challa to look at the kingdom of Wakanda and see where its shortcomings are in terms of its like isolationism. Right. Um, classic uh, right idea, wrong execution, kind of. Yeah, kind of and and just being a character. mirror, a mirror for your hero, uh, right? <clears throat> which which Gore does serve as here, especially in the um, in omnipotent omnipotent city, where Thor is like pleading his case to the gods, and they're just laughing at him, and especially right. Zeus is like, "Dude, this isn't a big deal. You know, we're safe here, or whatever." And that's the moment where like Thor's like, "No, as gods, we should be." more responsible we need to like protect our people or whatever and zeus is like who who cares dude people suck uh russell crowe doing a very interesting (laughs) performance zeus by the way yeah super weird um but yeah i think i think that the seeds of that are there of something like that relationship that t'challa and and uh, Eric it's just not have you know it's not it's not like gore trying to convince him that he's wrong or like his existence is a problem it's just like no, it's I mean, more he's just the guy they have to stop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more it's more like Gore's mission that is which like, they don't stop him. By the way, no, he he succeeds. Gore's just he like yeah, go ahead. Part at the end, go make your does, wish. He does succeed, but the, and then that also kind of under undermines. Like I guess we're getting into spoiler territory here, um, which is fine. We're pretty late into this review. I mean, he he spoiled it off the top. So fair enough. But but yeah, like he does the real villain of this back. movie. 
But yeah. the thing is, is he does it because the sword was destroyed, you know, because the sword was influencing his decision making to go through all of this. I, I think you're right. Like, yes, he has to accept it. But uh, under the influence of the sword, he was thinking one way and then it gets destroyed. And he's just like, oh, yeah, if I had one wish, of course, I'd want my I mean, daughter back. Like, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. You know, Thor, Thor still makes an appeal to his like he does his morality and his like you know, quote unquote humanity in that moment. Like, right. But it's the only logical decision that character would make under those circumstances, you know, is it though? I mean, he still has to, the theme is still kind of like comes full circle there where like love is greater than hate in that moment. Like, you know, as I do feel it is a bit contrived, like you, like you're saying that that's not necessarily like Thor does still make an, make an appeal to him before he completes his wish. Yeah. What do you think, Cody? I think I need a cool catchphrase for when I have a special super duper hammer and when you tell a great fight. joke on the also podcast. also actually circling back just real quick is the um it's not not only Thor's appeal but actually his like uh resignation in the moment where Gore is like you know I'm about to wish for all gods to die and he's like yeah I know that's why I'm ignoring I'm you like I'm gonna go yeah, yeah like right. I'm gonna live my last moments the way I want in love and then that also pushes sure. gore back towards like okay yeah shit maybe i should think about this just you know that's just what i think yeah i i don't know i feel like we're being pretty down on this movie i i enjoyed it like just on a general basis i had an okay time i brought my little cousins to it they said they like minions the rise of group better but i disagreed i thought this movie was was <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> Now I want to see Minions Rise and Groot to make said comparison. Just, just like, uh, make, make sure you dress appropriately. <clears throat> yes, yes. Please Business come to the theater. Casual. Proper attire. Yes. I think if I had a special hammer or a magical hammer or whatever that thing is called, I don't even know the name of the hammer. I think I'd no like near. play. I'd play like MC oh, Hammer in the background and I'd be like, can't touch this. Da, na, na, na. Be That's it. I would have cried the in the theater. No, no, no. I would have uh, tears. <laughs> I would have fall into my knees <laughs> and, and what's with thor's power at the end of that movie? what is with thor's what power and he like gives all these kids like his power zeus is thunderbolt dude it's it's yeah that i mean that was like a callback to the first movie right logic. where odin like transferred the power of thor into mjolnir hmm. which is you know the whole reason why natalie portman i would I mean, also it, it's, it's all pretty loosely i would like to note that the like the sentience of the of mjolnir and stormbreaker and like the jealousy and stuff i hated that though i i did not like that did not enjoy it yeah i love i loved it dude no it was great dude the way he like rubbed the the chin and and gave him a beer yes it's an inanimate he literally (laughs) dumped a beer on the the action because it's an inanimate oh my god that's like one of the best parts of the movie what are you talking about yeah, Better or worse than the, the space dolphins? It was ooh, I liked the space dolphins too. I did. I like Jane Foster as as the mighty Thor. I don't know. I I I did too. I think her character is pretty. I mean, it, probably you know, my favorite part. It's actually, been a while since I've seen the first two Thor movies, but her character feels very different in this movie. Probably because Taika Waititi is directing it as opposed to Kenneth Branagh, but. She, I heard Taika. She definitely has a whole different vibe in this movie than she does in the first two. I heard Taika Waititi asked if Natalie Portman would do any Star Wars projects. Is that true? 
Yeah, there, it was an true. interview. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was an interview for like maybe THR or Vanity Fair or something like that, sure. where he was like, they they had approached him about doing a Star Wars project, and then he was like, that would be so cool. Like, have you ever worked on now a Star Wars project? On to do it. And then yeah. she was like, yeah, I was in like three movies. And he was like, oh <laughs> shit, that's right, I forgot it's those like existed. I dated a child in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all remember? Yeah. All right, Cody. Final thoughts on Thor. Anything you'd like to add? Detract. You want to talk about Hercules for a second? Oh, we did yeah. not talk about the post credits. I was okay, Roy, Roy, see, uh... Roy Kent is going to be yeah. a badass. Yes, dude. Roy right. fucking Kent. I, I mean, I heard that there was like a surprise reveal with a like a fan favorite actor in one of the post credit scenes, but pretty pretty stoked for him. I, like, I mean, that's, they that's did a big step uh, up for him. Uh, they did announce um, that he was joining the MCU as Hercules. Did they? I don't. I don't yeah, but like the night of the premiere and the day after, I don't know. Right around the release of the movie, they oh, announced that Brett Gold, Goldstein was joining the joining the MCU as Hercules. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together that he would show up in this movie. I guess I wasn't thinking about it, but right. it's cool to see him. I do love him in Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's great in Ted Lasso. He's a writer for that show too, and like he's definitely got that he's got energy. A movie podcast, like he, he he's just got seems that like a energy. cool guy. So yeah. I, I'm excited to see him show up again uh, somewhere. All right, final thoughts. And Zach, you can't just Zach. Let me help you out here, buddy. Don't just go final thoughts. It's letterbox roundup. Well, those are different things, but I well, was. How are of... those different, Evan? Please fine, tell me that. Fine, we're doing the letterbox round. I was no final. It. Final thoughts is definitely different than rounding I it agree. up. I agree. I was oh, giving, right, you, the right, pop, right, I was giving right. you the jumping you're off right. point to round it up. To talk about before uh, the round up. He wanted me to say, but he wants to round it up. From... Round no, 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 it up, can... baby. Final thoughts. I'll. I'll. I gotta jump in because we did bash on the movie quite a bit. At least Zach did. Debbie Downer over here. God. Yeah. Natalie Portman. I agree. I, I liked her as Thor. I thought that was like a cool, you know, yeah, she had cancer and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they had like that little, what was it? Flashback and stuff with, you know, a little bit of their relationship and where they were and all this kind of stuff. And then how, they, you know, how she kind of got that power to be based off like what Thor had like asked like the hammer to do and all that kind of stuff. So, and then when she was, you know, the mighty Thor, I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, the relationship was pretty cool. Like throughout the movie, again, the comedy, like I said, it, it is like honestly generally like what the fuck moments some scenes are funny what's wrong with sharing a beer with the weapon that saves your life from time to time zach and evan i mean come on look at you guys drinking right now okay pour some on your mic right there be like thanks mike thanks for having like, a shut up guys <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah i mean it was All crazy right. i love taiko itt i can't this yeah, let, do the honors. Let it go, Cody. Let it let out. It go. You've been waiting. I already said it. Letterbox roundup. Letterbox roundup. There it is. Uh, why don't you start it off, bud? All right. Just like everyone's every MCU movie these days, it's just middle of the tier stuff for me. I used to love MCU. I think more than what I do now. Uh, three out of five stars for me. That's what I'm saying. All right, Zach. Yeah, the here? same exact rating. Three. I think same exact there- reasoning all in agreement here we're all on the same page you don't know you you have to look it up you don't even know three out of five stars (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't even know what he gave it he had to go do you want to know what i gave the original thor though yeah yeah yeah. hold on let me guess probably gave it lower because you're like oh they progressively got better except for that second one that sucked the root uh two and a half yes that is correct 
See, I told you. I so. mean, the Dark World is widely regarded as the worst MCU movie. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> good. Know? It maybe maybe a contender with like Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp was fine. I find that movie to be like completely inoffensive. Okay. Also, I'm offended. <laughs> I'm just offended because Paul Rudd's in that movie, and you can't tell me that Paul Rudd is any comparison. Yep, you got Paul Rudd. You got Agent Jimmy Woo. You sure do. Yep. He has some cool magic. Everybody else, I guess. I don't know. Walter Goggins. Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. Always great. That's enough enough Thor talk. Yeah. All right, Cody, you have been gone for a number of episodes now. I don't know if that number is two or three, but it's I more kept, than one. I kept asking to come back and you're like, no, no, we're good. We're good. Like the, the podcast <laughs> is doing unbelievable numbers since you yeah. left. Just uh-huh. bing. So anyway, you've been gone you a while. You doubled the listeners? What? You doubled the listeners while Maybe. I was gone? Those are proprietary numbers. Hello to, to the them. four people listening to the pod. Glad you're all here. Hope Thank you're having you. a great time and please don't leave. Um, so it's been well, a while since you've seen some movies. Uh, I think you said you saw Doctor Strange, Thor, and Top Gun Maverick. What do you think of Top Gun? Real quick. Dude, Top Gun, that, that summer experience right there. That summer movie-going experience, I'll tell you that much. That was fun. Okay, we love it. Yeah, so it good. you have a lot of catching up to maybe do, um, at least. One day. You have some blind spots here that you've missed at the uh, early part of the year. Looking at the movies that Zach and I have maybe talked about or listed on Letterboxd, is there anything off the bat? I'm going to throw the mic over to you, let you ask us any questions, pick out any movies that you uh, have some interest in. Maybe we can give you some suggestions or something, whatever. No, any no, bones no. Your to mind. pick. I have bones to pick. I don't have bones to pick. I, this is the one movie I, that just stood out to me because I've actually was curious. And then Evan. I'm not surprised you gave this movie a higher rating than the average letterbox score. It was a 2.9 on letterbox. Seven gave it three and a half and it has like your girl in it, dude. It has Jesse Buckley. Oh man. Man. Well, we did a whole episode on men. Oh, men's a 2.9. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can see why, right? (laughs) Here's these two guys. This movie delves into some really weird territory at the, the end of it, but I think it's kind of just an interesting concept for a horror movie and Jesse Buckley's awesome in it. Like we did a, we did a whole thing on it. I haven't really thought about men since that movie. It's, you um, know what? That's fine. We don't need to talk about men. It's, it's fine. Uh, Zach, I think you gave it the same, right? Uh, I think that's where I ended up. I yeah. have to look. It was three and a half. I'm looking at it guys. Don't worry. You know, what? I'm not even bummed. Like, this year i like looking at your movies i don't see enough one-star movies for evan so obviously there haven't been enough bad movies for me to watch to be like oh that movie sucked because that's always fun when you get like a one-star nip there's no he's all that movie this year so far there's two of them there's definitely two of them (laughs) there's two he's all that movies oh yeah on netflix you didn't watch he's all that did you yes i did did you yeah i watched he's all that what a what a film yeah i've got three one-star movies (laughs) at this point in the year uh and two of them are big franchise um extensions here jurassic world dominion and uh 
fantastic beasts. I, I, I doubt. I, I seriously doubt Jurassic World Dominion was that bad. You're just mad because it had yeah, all that he's just a hater. I think he He's just a hater. There's no way that's a one. He doesn't think, Cody, were you he doesn't think clones deserve rights. On, on another <laughs> note, though, because I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. You saw Fantastic Beast, right? I did. Also garbage that you gave that one star. Are you kidding is bad. This is a movie about them finding a little magical deer to decide an election. There are some bones. Who cares? Actually, I would care. I think we should do that in today's world. I think we should find a little deer and whoever that deer goes to, we just deal with it. (laughs) And that is who, you know, that's how we should pick our president. I think, I I mean, we're on that path right now. We're we're (laughs) headed that way. Maybe it doesn't have to be a deer. I don't know. Dog, are dogs are good judges. Yeah, dogs are good judges of character. Boat. Yeah. De- I mean, democracy is coming to an end. So, I mean. Uh, I think we just. The deer's yeah. At least they're just, innocent. We just throw back, dude. We put like Airbud. We put like a golden retriever in the middle of our two winning candidates. And then it's like, all right, you call him whatever one he goes the deer, to. <laughs> the deer runs directly to Steve King. Like. <laughs> All right, all right. What else just, you got, Cody? Yeah, I, I just can't believe those are both one-star movies. And literally behind Home Team, dude. Home what team the is, fuck? It's wretched, I will say. And yet you put both of those as worst movies. That's a joke. Which brings me to your top of the list. You put the dog in there? Or dog? Dog, man. I, that seems no. like a surprise to me, like that you would give that movie. That looked like a cheesy little you know heartfelt movie and we know you're soulless so i'm just curious thank you for recognizing that (laughs) i know Um, that's what i'm saying it's surprising so so that's a movie i gave three and a half stars i think it's fine it's kind of formulaic it's it's i guess it's better than fine i was gonna Um, say it's in your top 20 out of like six there is (laughs) the dog does commit a hate crime in this movie like right in the (laughs) middle of the movie so that is not shown to you in the uh, the trailers uh, or the marketing, but I think that Channing Tatum has a really interesting sort of streak of using his like movie star persona to be or, or to sort of underline like masculinity in Hollywood. And I think he this movie does a really interesting job of being like, here's the army veteran, and we're not just going to show he has a soft side, but we're going to show like I don't know all these different elements of like what makes a person human rather than just like a stereotype of what this guy should be. Um, and again, it's mostly, I think just the Channing Tatum performance that I'm like, this is, this is really good. Um, right. Fair enough. It's I mean, very I, anti-war I, movie, um, which I'm, I'm pretty big on. Uh, so good stuff. I'm not surprised about Lightyear. That movie looked like trash. You put it in like in the middle of your list. So Cody, that makes, you're that not makes allowed sense. to say that as a I know Disney. I'm a Disney boy, but it, as a Disney boy, I was very disappointed. Your boy Petey gave Dog four stars. Yeah, that's my boy Petey. Petey's yeah. easily entertained and amused, you know? Sure. All right. He, you know what, what, he what else give? you got for us? I, you know, uh, I haven't seen The Northman, but that looks interesting. On you, Taylor. You think Cody would like The Northman. I know. I'm curious if I would too, because I like. I thought it'd be um, more like. I think you would. I think you probably think it might. It's a little too long, and the pacing is weird, but. I think overall you'd say that the Northman was okay. I think mean, that's fair. I'm surprised as hell that you gave Adam Sandler like the time of day in Hustle. Are you? I he's good. I mean, I think we've all realized at this point that Adam Sandler is a good actor um, that just does like schlocky 
dumb comedies because he wants. I to... should I should realize actually I, I did watch Hustle. That's like the one Netflix thing I got around to. Oh, you did watch Hustle. Why I did watch. Quick thoughts on Hustle then. I I love basketball. So um, and Adam Sandler. Ever since, well, I've always liked Adam Sandler, but like you know, always the goofy movies. Then Uncut Gems came out, right? And then you're like, oh shit, this guy might actually, like you said, be able to act, and he can. Hustle kind of plays off of that and which professional just, basketball player uh gives the best performance <laughs> that's a very good uh does it have to be a basketball player yes. or could it be one of the coaches i mean if the coaches are played by I, a professional it, basketball it, player. it was it was bobin it was bobin yeah it was wancho or hernan gomez no no, no it was bobin it was the big guy oh, who plays oh on. sure yeah he's done a couple movies before he he did yeah. um but his character is just like that three. he's on the he's like I thought he's, aunt edwards was like surprisingly good dirk and, sucked yeah sure but but aunt edwards was good i thought and i didn't even actually realize that juancho hernan gomez was an nba player until afterwards oh really yeah well He's not like a superstar in the league or anything, right? So he has a brother too, but they're they're decent players. But I guess a superstar now. All right, obviously he's a superstar. Cody giving a scouting reports of NBA. (laughs) I'm just surprised that you gave that the higher rating, and then almost cracking your top ten. And I would have just, oh man, I think you would have just died to have to have done it. But uh, you gave Nicolas Cage the time of day in the unbearable. Good movie, fun movie. I love that movie too. One of the other other few ones that I was able to see, but I'm just surprised. Just rewatch that one. It definitely holds up. Does it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's that romance, like comedy. That's just fun. They're just so charming. Yeah. I just Jurassic world, one star and behind home team. Get the fuck out of here. I (laughs) don't even know. SCR home team. Watch, watch along. How, uh, when are we doing that? What do you want to watch? Home team. Oh, home team. I, I thought we were doing like an STR, like movie night. Any other questions, Cody? Anything else you want to? I didn't say anything else. Like those were like the big ones that I, I think. Zach, anything that you have on your list that you're just like, Cody would love this movie. Yeah. Tell me would something. I'd Cody love. would love this movie. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, would Cody love. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. What I love um, what? Hey, don't whisper. Don't whisper over there. You, you say it I'm out loud. Not, I am not whispering. I am hesitating. I got a couple here. I think Cody would really like Windfall on Netflix. Uh, Jason Siegel, um, Jesse uh, Plemons. Plemons, yeah. And uh, who's the girl? The oh, show? I know what Cody uh, would love. Collins. You know what Cody would love? Crimes of the Future. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that. The, uh, you know, David Cronenberg's latest entry. Very interesting film. Right up Cody's alley. Please watch Crimes of the Future. Hit the Road. I actually think you'd like a lot, Cody. It's like a road trip comedy, but it, it, it's uh, Iranian. So, Oh, you know what? Actually, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Well, fair. Did the Disney boy catch that one? The Disney boy didn't catch that one. Man, mm. The Disney boy has some catching up to do. Yeah. I think, Disney- I, I mean, I think, you know, it was fine. I think I gave it three stars overall, but John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are funny. Yeah. I oh, John Mulaney's in that movie. Yeah, he voices um Dale or Chip. Chip. I think Chip. Yeah. Which yeah, one? He's one, of the main, he's one of the main cast. The one with, makes, the, with the black nose. Not the well. It makes a huge difference if John Mulaney is voicing Chip versus if John Mulaney. Uh, he's the voice of Chip. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just... think Cody would think of the movie Cow. The movie Cow. I, I don't thought think I watched... he would like it at all. <laughs> Is it about? It has nothing to do with the cow, right? It has everything to do with the cow, yeah. and Does it only really? things to do with the cow. Yeah, it follows the life of a singular cow. I don't even remember the cow's name. I don't even know. Is it just the singular? It doesn't matter. I mean, it it's okay. So this the movie basically doesn't exist at this point. It ta- it's a documentary, uh, and it takes place on a farm. So you do see multiple cows. That's where cows. But live. it follows the life of one it's true. particular <laughs> dairy cow. Um, from... Does this cow produce like extra dairy or something? And it's like, it's like no, the, the cow just the, seems miserable. And that's the point of the movie. Uh, I don't, but not all cows are miserable. They just followed one cow that was miserable. I, I'm, I, if this I remember, it's a biased documentary. I, I only saw this film at AFI Fest last year. Correct. That's the only time I've, I've seen it, and the only time I ever will see it. It was the last it. movie that we saw that day, too, I believe. And I had yeah. had a lot of uh, alcohol that day and so. popcorn. <laughs> but so it follows. It follows the life of a singular cow. And if I remember correctly from birth, like we fought briefly, we follow a different cow. This cow was born and then we see this cow raised to maturity. And then, um, does the cow die? Yes. Spoiler. Yeah. Spend, the, spend a lot of time on the doctor. So the cow, cow produced that much milk. Seen. It, it, and it was like, so it was like, basically it goes, okay. So it, I don't know. It's probably one of the, like at, if you're a letterboxed, um, patron, I'm genuinely shocked. If you're a letterbox, 3,000. If you're a letterbox patron or what's the one below that, like a pro member, sure. you get um, stats. And at the end of the year, they always give you uh, your most obscure film that you watched from right. that year. I think Cow is a contender probably for no, the both of so. us. I'm, it's 6,300. I've seen a few movies that have a lot less. Good for you. Movies. Okay. <laughs> Regardless. Uh, we fought, we're following the life of this singular cow. I've said the sentence multiple times. Um, I hope the documentary is better than this. What happens is you see the life of a dairy cow. Uh, they get to graze. They get um, forcibly yeah, milked and impregnated. And then when they're no longer useful because of a massive tumor, um, she's shot in the head and killed. Excellent. And that's in the movie. The final thirty seconds is a is a farmhand um loading a weapon and shooting the cow in the head that's it and then and then it's just like the big it says cow on the screen uh definitely um a documentary for a particular kind of audience that i think is already aware of that kind of stuff uh wasn't that impressed by it it was fine um i don't think you would like it at all (laughs) not even a little bit I feel like we spent way too much time. A lot of time on, on cow. So my least yeah. seen movie on Letterboxd of the year so far has 378 views. What movie is that? It's called uh, Endangered, and it's about journalists. It's a documentary. I'd say journalists are far from endangered. Everyone today is a journalist. Anything else you would like to know? <laughs> <laughs> Since you've been gone. Since this is a very... Yeah. I can't breathe Is that what it felt like for you I think guys? that's a good sign. What an interesting what an interesting time capsule we've opened here for you, Cody, because there's been like three things in it. I don't know. What else? Anything else? No, I, I voiced my opinion. You're the one who got stuck on cow for the last five minutes. Well, you guys kept Is there anything you, you definitely kept cutting me off. I didn't cut you off. No, I Evan, Evan oh, over here. That makes a lot of sense. 378 views. 
See, time doesn't change the way Evan it treats. Never does. Cody, any, you have the mic. Anything else you want to say? I've always had the mic. Just in general. Mic. No. As, hey, thank you guys. I'm I'm definitely going to go watch Jurassic World and give it more than one star and just write my review of Evan. That what are you, what, what <laughs> I'm going to be like, Evan, how many drinks did you have when you watched this movie? Because uh, I think you gave this. Yeah, that makes a <laughs> That's a half as many as Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. But only because Lightyear was immediately following Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is I missed you guys. Good to be back. Hopefully I could stay back and I could see movies. And the Disney boy can live once again. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. But in the end, you got to listen to yourself. In that moment, Elvis the man was sacrificed, and Elvis the god was born. I'm gonna show you what the real Elvis is like tonight! You're looking for trouble? You came to the right place. All right, boys, we are gonna close things out today by talking about the king himself. Thank you. Presley. Oh, shoot. Cody. You've not seen the movie Elvis, so I'm going to hand over hosting duties to you, but not before asking you to tell us what this movie is about without having seen it. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I can do that. I think Elvis... I genuinely thought he was going to do the whole segment in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, every time, both times when you were were kind of hinting toward it and then he just said, I always think of the fucking, the Michael Scott joke where... He's like, thank you. Thank you a lot. Like, <laughs> to, to Ed Helms. <laughs> Go on, Cody. Give us, give us a pod description. Yeah, what is, what I, feel is like, Elvis? I feel like Elvis opens up where it's just like you're, you're watching someone on stage and whatnot. And then like, like they're all going crazy for that person or whatever. And then like that ends and then like Elvis comes on stage, right? Like he's not like, he's not your opening act. He's like, He's the guy like, you know, like in like when you see those UFC fights where it's like it's the after hour fights, like he comes on stage, he's playing his music, he's doing the hard work. A few people listen to him. He goes through his day to day routine. And then on one of those occasions, Tom, Tom Hanks, the manager or whatever, comes in. He's like, damn, you know what? I see something in this guy. Then becomes rich, becomes powerful, becomes successful. But Tom Hanks is like, no, no, no. I'm the manager. I found this guy. I made him who he is in the spotlight. I'm going to give it. I'm going to take everything from him. And that's what he did. That's not that far off. You want to know how Elvis actually starts, Cody? Yeah, how's it start? Good description of the trailer. (laughs) Tom Hanks is dying in the hospital. And then he has a fever dream that he's in a casino and starts getting mad about a book that was written about him. Yeah. That is the start of the movie Elvis. Which is never referenced again. No. (laughs) At all. (laughs) Not even once. I don't know. They come back to this like fever dream casino every once in a while. That he's like, yeah, in the some like is dripping, some like, like intercut. And I guess at his final monologue, he's like, "I didn't kill all of this. You, you did. did, yeah." yeah. <laughs> um, which it does tie into the first minute or so where he's the yeah. author of this all right. tell-all biography is like, "This I need- guy fucking killed Elvis." So. As an autobiography or a biopic, whatever we want to call this, it's biopic. It's more of a uh, fairy tale. Yeah. So, I mean, really? this movie is the story of Elvis as told through the eyes of his manager who, like, screwed him out of all his money. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. And yeah. it's just such an odd decision to, to run the movie that no, way. No, 
Okay, now you say odd decision, and what I have heard is I'm pretty sure Elvis's family watched this movie and they actually praised the movie, or is that not true? That sounds I, contractually I obligated. Contractually like, obligated. Oh, yeah, hey, we're gonna give you. It's great. Sure. I feel you know. I feel like when so it you wasn't made, a bio. You wouldn't. You guys would not name it a biopic. It, I mean, it was. It was a biopic. Oh, yeah, it okay, would fall sure. into that category. You're talking about like a historical figure. Structurally, it's a little different, but yeah, and it does tell biopic. a loose adaption of their life. Um, but you know, it's is it all, early. It, is it early life of Elvis in the movie? It, it, it covers basically. It's, it's heavily, heavily fictionalized. I'll be honest, I saw the runtime on that movie and I was just like, God, I don't even know if I want to see this. I mean, it's a Boz Lerman movie, right? So you yeah. know it's going to be like excessive to an insane degree. It, it is, is indulgent. Like it's it's yeah. very indulgent, but you know, it's also Baz Lerman in the, in the sense that like it's really visually captivating in some moments and, and entertaining in some moments as well so yeah all right cody as the host of this segment let's what's what what is <laughs> your uh, hold on yeah hold what on. is your first question here not only host the segment uh, first off first question why did you not call me host of the show you you had the opportunity to call yourself that and you chose not to take it i mean you I did, did at the I, top of the, you almost the, called me the show guest. right you almost called me a guest. I didn't call you anything. I was going to let you announce yourself as a host, but you, you chose not to. <laughs> I mean, I, start- the, I mean, the only reason I, I threw it back to you there is because I want to know what you want to know first before I just start talking or like, you know, we let yeah. Evan. Was Tom uh, Hanks, Tom Hanks, like he always is, or like, was this not one of his better performances? I'm Tom curious. Hanks, I think, he, I think, uh, yeah. Who is who is who is better? Like obviously, to Tom. The question. Uh, hold on, hold on. In this the form my, of the question. Go ahead. Speaking, Zach. My bad. So, so when I say normal Tom Hanks, to me, the appeal of this movie, yes, it's an iconic figure with Elvis, right? So called King Rock and whatnot. And I think a lot of people, like you know, I haven't seen it, but my grandma came up to me and was like, "Oh, have you seen the new Elvis movie?" I'm like, "No, I haven't, Grandma." And and to that nature, it's it's a name that's been in you know in history in 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 what it is in pop culture and all that stuff for years and years and years and all that kind of stuff so it's like that name's appealing but who plays him to me is a character or an actor i should say uh that you know austin butler who's not really big where tom hanks is so it's like what nature pulled what nature pulled you more to wanting i guess for you guys to see the movie to begin with was it the was it the elvis himself or was it tom hanks because like for me it's like oh tom hanks is in this movie and that's what came to my mind first like i'm gonna go watch this because tom hanks is in it not because it's an elvis movie and that's just me i'm just curious counter question real quick Cody. yeah do it what year do you think elvis was at the peak of his fame Ooh, just off the top of your head that's a great question because i was surprised yeah at the years this movie takes place yeah elvis elvis would have been in the 60s peak of his fame yeah i think probably late 60s early 70s is probably when elvis was like most famous and that that was one of the things i found interesting just on a side note is that like elvis not take place during that time such a no it does it takes across that whole time okay um go i mean stretching back obviously even further to when he was young but i think that elvis is just such a part of the culture at this point you know referenced in like everything everywhere all at once or Lilo and Stitch or you know like just part of like Vegas culture generally that it kind of gets looked over how famous he was back in like the late 60s early 70s and he's just almost exists out of time in a way and like in my mind as someone that obviously wasn't around 
when Elvis was at the peak of his fame. And I found that really interesting to have him placed in the context of like these moments in history. Um, yeah, absolutely. Not something I'd really thought about with him. But to answer your question, go ahead, Zach. What was the question? Something about I'm, Tom Hanks. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, so th- I mean, I feel like there was like maybe three parts to that question. I would like to know, first of all, that your impression of your grandmother is a spot on Colonel Tom Parker, um, <laughs> which is Tom Hanks' character in this movie. Uh, to tell you the truth, what drew me to this movie is that it was being released nationally in the United States. Um, I will watch almost anything that comes out. Uh, and Baz Luhrmann is a fucking madman. So you know that anything that he directs is going to be just bonkers. And like indulgent is, is probably the best word I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Divisive is a good one too. But like Baz Luhrmann is like a director's director. He's the guy who's going to be like, this is the way I want it. And this is the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's excessive. It's, it's drippy. It's indulgent. It's, it's a, a spectacle on screen um and so yeah when i when i first saw the trailer for elvis and then it was like a baz lerman film i'm like okay this is going to be something that we're going to watch and we're going to talk about (laughs) regardless of of whether or not we want to uh and then speaking more towards tom hanks performance i'm not the biggest fan of it in this he's insufferable i think he makes a choice and he goes for it and like respect for that i guess but he is insufferable in this movie yeah or at least from the accent he does to wow. like the character he portrays and like just even the decision to tell the story from his vantage point yeah is baffling i mean that's more of a baz lerman decision right like it is yeah and but so no fault decision to have tom hanks be doing this kind of performance yeah, yeah. You know? agreed um uh insufferable is probably the right word i didn't care for for the character or Tom Hanks' portrayal of it at all. It was probably one of the worst parts of the movie for me. Super boring. Anytime it was, right. he was, anytime he was the focus. Every time Elvis is in the spotlight, fuck yeah. yes. Austin Butler, it's funny. Amazing. You look at Austin really? Butler and you look at Elvis, like pictures, they don't really look that much alike. Like no. It's not, it's not like a picture perfect. I'm, I'm trying to think. It's not like uh, Renee Zellweger and Judy or whatever, which she won an Oscar for inexplicably, or even Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody also won an Oscar inexplicably. But he captures, unlike those movies, I think he captures the essence of Elvis in a really fascinating way. And to your point, Cody, you didn't really know who Austin Butler is. Apparently, he's been on like a bunch of Disney Channel or like Nickelodeon shows. It's on Zoe 101, dude. Yeah, so like, Wait, he was who was he on Zoe 101? He was on, the like, boyfriend children's oh, television Zoe shows when Chase was for years. So he is what? much more famous than I think any of us might recognize. I only knew him that's crazy because like, like I've been rewatching Zoe 101 since they put it on Netflix. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and I haven't gone to the Austin Butler no part yet. That's super funny. That's what a You'll huge coincidence. I promise. Um. Evan, speak to your work on, on Zoe Yeah, 101. I know. I get that all the time, yeah. but I look exactly like the little kid. Fucking Dustin, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shit. And it's true. Is, is this, is there a lot of like, because obviously in the previews, there's a lot of details to obviously life events that happen, right? Like the shooting, assassination, a lot of the president and stuff. Like, is there a lot more play on that? That's actually not in the movie. I think it's... Okay, that's that's my question. It's RFK. Yeah, it is Robert Kennedy. Um, 
And then also Martin Luther King Jr., of course. Yep. Okay. But I'm just asking, is like that tension really is is there more tension or like between because of those obviously events that occur with how Elvis then proceeds to perform obviously with that manager i'll, I'll let you start on on that one. i think the trailer is misleading or is there actually that. like mu- is yeah is like music being played and stuff like is that i like, think because like you I, said like you said it was a spectacle so like am i getting like bangers in this dude oh, where it's well, like oh yeah totally like, i mean elvis performances okay. by austin butler forget elvis doja cat is on the soundtrack, doja cat is on the soundtrack. <laughs> um really weird Basler <laughs> to just like transition from Elvis songs into like modern rap songs just in the It's moment. okay. It's a it's blend. Like it, it plays, it plays okay. I think. Yeah. But it's elevate. It's elevating music, the classic music to modern sensibilities. Right. Sure. But, yeah. Forget Elvis dude. Doja cat. Uh, so I do think that the movie highlights that a lot of Elvis's success and his musical inspiration originally came from black culture um which is good but the moments that you're talking about well especially i guess with the assassination of martin luther king it's kind of glossed over in the movie um there's a you know in the trailer there's a very specific cut where there's the radio announcement or the news segment where it's like oh martin dr martin luther king has been assassinated in, in memphis and then it cuts to you know tom hanks and elvis arguing and Tom Hanks is like, I, you know, we're musicians, like we make music that has nothing to do with us. And then Elvis is like, it has everything to do with us. That happens in the movie, but it's much more spaced out. Yeah, it is very far apart. A Christmas special. It's trailer lies. A, a large segment of this movie. It's, is misrepre- special. it's misrepresented. It, the trailer is misleading in that regard and how much the, the social issues of the time affect the story and the narrative. Yeah, because in that moment, um, Elvis is visibly upset and like, you know, his home is in disarray. And like, this is a very significant national event and is of course a tragedy. And uh, yeah, so he's upset and he cares, but um, like Evan said, he's in the middle of producing an important, um, you know, a a comeback, a comeback, a comeback concert, a television concert. Right. Uh, So as much as he is portrayed as like being on the side of the people that are mourning, uh, he doesn't go back to Memphis in that moment. He stays in in Hollywood and finishes his production. There's a very beautiful musical segment later, uh, shortly after, where he he remembers. Yeah, he, yes, he does. Rem- he does write not like necessarily a memorial song, but like a a ballad, and um, it 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 draws back to when he was a child and a, a black um, preacher had had given him this like influential. Uh, sermon where he said, you know, if you can't, um, if something's too dangerous to say, sing it. And so then right. he takes that and is inspired and writes a, you know, a, a song that goes on to be super popular and like um, part of this this comeback production essentially. Yeah, I think that uh, I guess I, I'm not sure if this is exactly your question, but I think that those events, like the Martin Luther King uh, assassination and just general events in sort of uh, social and cultural U.S. history. Like, I, I think this movie tries to frame itself as being more about the spectacle of Elvis, but at the same time, it does sort of touch on these social issues and Elvis's, you know, Elvis as a vessel for like black music and culture broadly expanding across um, the United States. 
and it doesn't try to cast him as like necessarily villainous and like stealing music or you know exploiting that in, in any sort of way like it, i think it does genuinely sort of position him as like a like an ally kind of in that, in that it does yeah it does it, it does treat that it, with a certain amount of reverence yeah. yeah and then the, in the sense too that like he does get into trouble for even just like mingling with black culture and right and exactly bring it into like the white consciousness of the time but more so he gets in trouble for being just too sexy that is, <laughs> that is there there's like a, a sequence early on one of the first performance uh. sequences where he's just like dancing around and it's basically he might as well have pulled out a super soaker and just sprayed every woman in the audience <laughs> like that is what the i like, mean that's how i felt scene of that movie is yeah. and like it's 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 brilliant it's yeah. brilliant <laughs> cinematic genius <laughs> so it sounds i mean you guys keep talking about how like you know uh austin did like a really good job with basically the persona it sounds like of elvis and stuff yeah. like so my question no doubt i guess and those were the scenes that seemed to have worked. So in essence, what would have been done? What would you guys have done differently that would have made that? Like, should it have just focused on the spectacle and just kept to that and, and nothing else? Or No, I think that there's not enough of like the truth of Elvis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is very reverent towards the character of Elvis and like some of the history at the time and, you know, whatever. But it's also... I think, and and this is probably a criticism of biopics in general, in that they tend to um, kind of cleanse the image of of whoever they're depicting. They they don't focus on any of like the darker history. Um, something that I, w- I was actually talking about Elvis with a friend today, and uh, they were telling me like, you know, Elvis met Priscilla when she was fourteen, yeah, which is it's not great. No, um, it's not. <laughs> Not good. Uh, also, they kind of gloss over the drugs. Like, this, yeah, it, the, it's very. This guy's like, you know, you know, is he very, he very famously died from drug abuse and like right. cardiac arrest. He had drugs that he induced. Was to wake up and yes. To go to sleep yes. And everything in between. You know, and I think the movie gives a, a good depiction of the reason why that was. Um, the life that he was leading at the time and why he would need to abuse drugs or necessarily like, yeah, like, like, you know, he was not in a great place. Uh, and so, but that's kind of glossed over. There's, there's a character of a, of like a house doctor called Dr. Nick that is supplying him the drugs that he needs to function. Um, but that's it. And so anytime he, they reference like his drug use, he's like, you know, I'm seeing Dr. Nick or Dr. Nick would come up at this time or, tell tell you know colonel tom to send dr nick up that kind of those kind of references but there's never actually like a moment where he injects himself with drugs or like you know uses drugs in a bathroom like that is absent from this movie yeah um and so any kind of those kind of like flaws it's not really explored you know it's not it's not the whole of of evan i guess evan do i take nan to see this movie long and just of it is it gonna be that elvis sure. movie yeah i i think that's i think you could i i think that baz Luhrmann is over the top in a few specific ways and it's inconsistent throughout the whole movie but as i've told zach off air i've been elvis pilled by this movie it's uh <laughs> there are the performance scenes by austin butler are just so electric especially when he gets to vegas and he's you know performing on stage and you just see him take on this persona of Elvis. It's 
it's really engaging and really fun. Um, I don't know that the whole movie is consistent enough or just generally good enough. I, I am continuously baffled by the decision to tell it from the perspective of Tom Hanks's character, Colonel Tom Parker. Um, a movie like this, with this level of like panache, told from the perspective of Elvis and focused more specifically on like the stages of his career through performance, I think would be a much better movie. But it it's still like, I, I don't know. I think as time goes by, as is often the case with Baz Luhrmann, you're going to remember like the most explosive parts of the film. Um, you're going to remember some of those performances in Vegas. You're going to remember you know, that opening performance that we just talked about a minute ago, like that's going to be the thing that it sounds like in this movie and yeah. not like the multiple weird cut scenes where there there's like three different, it's like a, a split screen where there's three different things going on at once. And it's just like, all right, calm down. This is fine. I don't even like, remember that now. Actually, yeah, exactly. But you yeah. think back on the movie and you remember like some of the Austin Butler yeah. portrayals and, and performances and it's, yeah, like it, like yeah. I, like I said earlier, like to me, whenever Elvis is the spotlight and the focus of this movie, it fucking rules. It's right. so good. So that's that's what I'm saying. I don't think it feels like it. From what you guys are saying, it doesn't feel like it does a disservice. Like for someone who actually grew up, like right, my nan grew up with obviously Elvis being around as you know when she was growing up and stuff. It doesn't seem like it does a disservice for the sake of if you're gonna relive a cultural icon, there's moments in that movie where yes, maybe it doesn't retrospect follow everything that needed to happen with all like you were talking about the drugs and all that kind of stuff but it does seem to follow you're going to relive those moments yeah i think for i think for an elvis fan this movie's great you know um a friend of mine's mom is also like a huge like elvis person has been to like you know graceland and done the sure. museums and like collects memorabilia has like the elvis plates and all you know that kind of stuff she loves elvis uh saw has seen this movie multiple times in theaters in tears every time she's, she's she liked it you know so i i would say that from my limited experience with a, a serious elvis fan I, I would say yeah, yeah thumbs up so on that note i'll do it for you guys letterbox roundup all right zach go for it i think i gave it three and a half i may have wavered wow. and given it three let that, me double check i feel like three and a half feels high but I give it a solid three. Yeah, I think that's you're Zach's right. opinion. That's the point but, of rating. No, I, I, I'm I, kind I, of like I saw uh, his review. So I'm kind of like, in. Yeah, I'm kind of in between like three, three and a half, maybe like three, two, five or whatever. Yeah. Letterbox doesn't let you do that. But uh, I did end up at a solid three. I think there's a little bit too much drag for me. Yeah. Um, also, I hate uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. No, no comment on that. Yep. Um, I, I think so. I gave it only in this movie, really. I mean, I'm sure I hate him in other movies, but this one specifically, yeah. just you know, yes, I get agree. out of here, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Who thought this was a good idea? Um, yeah, I gave it two and a half out the door, but I think if I was reviewing it right now, I, I think I would Bless say, you. I would say probably was three. It, the pattern was that complicated, huh? <laughs> the pattern was that complicated, it cost two thousand dollars. Out, out the, the door, door yeah. um yeah i think uh i think i'd probably rate it a little higher i'd probably give it a three now um but i think that's just a baz Luhrmann thing right like in the moment i'm like he's doing too much this is this is not what i want 
But then looking back on it, okay, I had a good time. I enjoyed. I love it. You gave Zach shit for going, wow, you gave it three and a half when you gave it three. And then you just no, said, you know what? No, I'm like, gonna also I doubt he rate. gave it that in the moment. But has the movie warmed in your <clears throat> estimation since you saw it, you think? Uh, sort of, I would say. I mean, yeah. like, I'm not going to say that Elvis sucks or anything like that. Um, I, think I will. That not if you're interested, it. you should watch Elvis it. rocks. And Elvis I w- is the king I, it's something rock. I would even revisit. Elvis yeah. is the king of rock. Yeah, no, I think I'd watch it again. Cody, watch Elvis. He's the king of rock. And I'm the king. Time goes by so slowly And time can do so much for you Still All right, boys, that does it for the first official episode of Spinning the Reel with all three of us as hosts. Uh, how do we all feel it went? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, do you have any thoughts having uh, returned for the first time in uh Return of month the King. Or so? That's right. I, I thought I summed it up. Good. But like with a couple extra O's in there. You going to see Elvis? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, you got you to watch Elvis. I'll watch Elvis because I'll probably take my grandma to see it, like I said. So at the very Fantastic. least. Baz Lerman says it's staying in theaters <clears throat> for a month or two. So Oh good. I have two months to go see it. <laughs> How do you guys think it went? Zach, remember, I had a say in you becoming host, so you better say good things about it. <laughs> no, I think I think you I think it went pretty well. We definitely did Could miss you, you on the show. Peak form. I think that this has been a, a pretty solid round table. Yeah. We're used pretty- to this. We've done it a few times. I don't have a round table in front of me. Neither do I, do we, but that's fine. Oh, okay. It's more of a just metaphor. I get it. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Cody, do you want to tell the people where they can find us? Uh, I'd like to keep your information private. I don't think that's right. Um, Please tell everyone your phone number and social security number. Well, I'll tell them my phone number. You guys can call me 714. <laughs> <Anytime>. <laughs> No, you guys can find me. Uh, I am on Letterbox. I am on Instagram. I am on. Oh wait, we should just do. Why am I doing my personal? Screw that. Why you're doing? Yeah, this. you were giving me. You guys can find us where you always find us. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. Have I been active on it? No, because I haven't been active on the podcast. I blame Zach. He was supposed to take over our Twitter account. No uh, one told me this. Well, I'm telling you now. All right. <laughs> uh, but it's been the real. I'll go fucking wild. <laughs> I have to start tweeting at celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna post through hey, it. Hey, I got a tweet back. I got messages a, to the Paddington account. Like, I got a tweet back from Danny Glover. Okay, beat that, and then we'll talk. Oh, I got one from Tessa Thompson. Oh, actually, yeah, so that's true. From, uh, okay, from, yeah. Sorry to bother you. Those are some uh, some some high bars to clear. That's right. I'm anyway, spinning the real R E L. You guys, we do have a website. I don't even know. Evan, have I, I haven't used like anything in a while. Wow. I, I should though. But all our old stuff is up there. All the stuff to Evan, you know. There's a lot of reviews before. up there, just not any within the last like three yeah. months. And not only reviews, our podcast we found there. But if you're already listening, we appreciate it. We're really on any platform that you can listen to podcasts to. So that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Also at spinning the real R E E L. Oh, spinning the real.com for the website, by the way, boys yes. and girls. Zach, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, only on Letterboxd, and my username on Good there choice. is uh, painted underscore dog. 
Yep. And I am on Letterboxd as well at Evan D26. I think that's the best way to keep up with. Uh... That makes sense too. Like your name is in your tag and then yeah. painted wall, Zach. Painted like, dog. Yeah, come oh. on. Dog <laughs> like the Channing Tatum film. I think yes. it should change. That Wasn't it wall at one point? It was wall. No, it it never, there's never been a wall. <laughs> no. Well, at least, right. well, it's been know. great to have you back, Cody. Do you have any final thing that you want to say to the audience? Of course. Of course. Bye.